Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and my guest today is director Brandon Slagle, whose latest feature is a uh, disaster survival creature feature called The Flood, which is, uh, well, all of the people being chased by the hungry alligators are hot messes, so we'll just leave it at that and... You know, maybe they attracted these alligators. Maybe this is their punishment for being messy people. I don't know. But it was uh, creative mayhem. And uh, here to ask Brandon a lot of questions about it. Hi, Brandon. Hi there. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So first thing I want to make sure, this was all totally filmed in Thailand? Uh, Yes, it was. Because... um, instead of going to Louisiana to film everything else now, like 10 years ago, now you go apparently to Thailand to film Louisiana. Uh, but yeah, the entire thing minus like three shots were done entirely in Thailand. What was your shooting schedule like over there? Because it seemed uh, messy and wet. A lot, a lot of, a lot of water, but it's supposed to be during a, a flood, but there was a lot of water. Yeah, so really every day there was some kind of water element. There was either, like the very first day we filmed the end of the movie, which was on a a lake without saying too much. And that was tough because there was wind and a language barrier and it was the first day with a lot of this crew. And and I had actually done a movie in Thailand before, but we were with a lot of new people. Um, And then every day after that, we were either shooting overnight, which is its own set of challenges, or we had gigantic rain machines, uh, water bars on the ceiling and the windows, um, flooding up to our chests, everything. It was, it was an experience. And it's one of those things where um, I feel like no matter had we prepared for, or had we, or had I experienced this before, it still would have been challenging. It was, it was tough. It was a rough shoot. I barely remember it. <laughs> um, but looking back, I have fond memories. The the claustrophobic nature of the 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 police station, how it was uh, just very tightly shot. Was that a uh, a design element, a a plot structure point, just to make everybody? Because it seemed like the, the tightness of the spaces seemed to ramp up everybody's crazy and make them do either stupid or psychotic things. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny that you can see that by watching the movie because it's entirely true. Um, the, the set that was the main cell block, we were there for maybe like five or six days. And one, one of the days, you know, the water was just, you know, if people can see like up to here, it was just like that's the ankle level. But most of the days is when it was actually, you know, to our waist and up. And the only way in, because you, you can't just walk out the door because the water would go out. The only way in was up a ladder around the top of the ceiling and down. And in this crowded set in this abandoned building, um, anyone who's been to like Thailand, um, Indonesia, um, et cetera, knows there's a lot of, you know, structures that are just there and they're, uh, <laughs> you know, haven't been occupied for years. And so to put those things together in the elements and I'll just say that after a while, I didn't leave the set. I just stood there because it was so just 
ridiculous. It would take everyone, like if, if one person left, you know, it, it really didn't take that long to get out, but it was just such a hassle coming back and going through everyone and walking 200 yards to the base camp where everyone else was. So it was, like I, like I said, just so many unexpected things that hopefully, hopefully, even though it was a little weird to go through, actually benefit the movie. Okay, I have to ask this weird, weird question. Does that mean <laughs> that the ladder that was in the room where the first kill happened, was that an homage to the ladders you needed? <laughs> no, but maybe it was subconsciously because my brain was short-circuiting after about half of the shoot. Uh, no sleep and I, I think everyone everyone had really just gotten acclimated to uh thailand time and as soon as they were they had to flip and basically back, be back on u.s time so um like i said maybe it was and uh i just wasn't aware of it so talk about the uh the effects with the alligators we have what four or five different large uh mean alligators who are you know supposedly cranky from being displaced by a by a hurricane and the the effects of them it it took me half the movie to figure it out their movements were correct but then it hit me the skin was too shiny they had snake skin not alligator skin i'm like oh that's what's wrong and once my brain glommed onto that I could sit back and just enjoy the mayhem. So how yeah. did you have enough time to do the special effects you wanted to see? I mean, there's really never enough time. Um, and they're shiny because they're fancy Hollywood alligators. <laughs> they were very, very demanding, um, very bougie. Their demand list was like this and it just kept going. Um, I mean, there's never enough time. So what you really do is you prioritize certain shots or certain moments within the movie and those get done first so that you can have many rounds of notes and shots that's just you know for a few frames or whatever um hopefully even if they're not quite the same quality hopefully at that point the audience is into it and they'll still see um you know the good effects and kind of brush by anything that's a little more quick or I don't want to see invisible um, or I could just be sort of rambling on and it's hard for me to, <laughs> to, to watch it and, and not know it's enough and, and not say, Hey, that's an effect. Um, but I guess the short answer is, yeah, there's, there's never enough time. Things can always be better. So what you have to do is do the best, t best you can with what you have. And just um, with a movie like this, make the audience have fun. So basically the, there was a communications problems with representatives of the alligators they thought they were. They thought they were doing Met Gala. You thought they were doing Apocalypse Now, and it just, you know, it was a whole mess, right? Yes. Yeah. They were like I said. The, you know, you hear about the WGA strike, the picket lines. Well, the the Gators were picketing. Ah, um, gotcha. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, yeah, just Gators and sharks in general are are fun sources of mayhem and i look forward to that in a in a monster movie what was your total production time and where did you find this script was it brought to you did did you go out and find it so a little bit of of both so the writers chad law and josh ridgeway are uh friends and colleagues of mine um chad especially um i've known for 
pushing 15 years. And this production company I did another movie with that Saban released called Battle for Saipan, which is more of a martial arts movie set against a, a war. So there was originally another director doing it and the schedule wouldn't work out. And the producers called me and said, hey, do you want to come back to Thailand and do this other movie? Chad wrote it. And without you know, seeing the script, I said yes, because Chad and I have been trying to do something together for a while and it just hadn't worked out. So yeah, a little, little bit of both. One of those things were right place, right time. And hopefully Chad and I don't have to wait forever to do something else together again. Uh, what was it like uh, for the cast to work with non-existent uh, <laughs> reptilian beasts that were trying to eat them? Well, since the gators were picketing and wouldn't come to set and we had to CGI them, um, someone's going to take me seriously. I know it. Um, it. It's a lot of just developing that connection with the actors and making sure they they trust you amidst the chaos and amidst the lack of sleep and strange hours. Um, luckily, a lot of these guys, you know, for instance, Casper, um, have worked against, you know, invisible monsters for years and years and, you know, his breakout movie being Starship Troopers. So it's really just a lot of making sure everyone's minds are kind of connected and they see, you know, like they know where their eye lines are and stuff like that. Because it drives me crazy in some movies where, you know, it's, it's like a two shot of two actors and they're obviously like one's looking this way and one's looking this way. Yeah, it's, it's all about trust. So the working with that much water, is this an element you hope to avoid in any near future projects? Um, at the time, I would have said yes, because, for instance, one day the water shoes didn't work and my feet had holes in them that, that night or morning. But now, yeah, I, I, I totally do it again. And, you know. I'm sure it would be a different set of challenges, but hopefully I'd be better prepared. Um, <laughs> and uh, probably go even bigger. I, I have to comment on this just because I am a fan, like I said, a big fan of the creature feature and practical effects. Uh, given how big the gators were and how big some of the prisoners were, I don't think there was enough blood, but you know, that could be just me. Uh, <laughs> What was, what was, uh, what was the most fun for you during filming this whole thing? Um, kind of like with everything I do, the the most enjoyable thing aside from fight scenes, which I managed to still put a few of them in this, are just developing the chemistry and the camaraderie of, of the cast because that's that's when you know like it's it's gonna work because their relationships will hopefully be genuine. Um, and yeah, all of these guys, especially the prisoners, I think the smallest one was six one minus Casper, who he and I are about the same height, but everyone else are these giant, huge guys. Um, so I kind of wonder what would have happened had this been a real situation. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't wish for that. Um, but yeah, the, 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 just the, the chemistry and the rapport that everyone so really on every movie is my favorite part of it. Are you planning on doing any uh, creature features uh, soon? Or, you know, what is your next project that you can talk about? 
Um, so at this point, no. The last thing that I did that had a creature was about 10 years ago. So maybe I have to wait another 10 years. My next movie, it's funny. If this had been tomorrow or Monday, I could probably actually announce it because we're very close to signing. Um, but it's with a star from uh, the most recent John Wick movie. Mm. It's not, and it's not Keanu. Scott Adkins. Uh, no. <laughs> or would I say yes? Well, I just I just pulled that out of the air because uh, the fight scenes you had in the flood, I appreciated because. You know, they're regular people. They get tired after 90 seconds, and that showed. And I really enjoyed that uh, that little bit of realism. Nobody's going to be able to fight for, you know, five minutes without getting tired, unless you're John Wick. Oh, yeah, especially if you just, you know, crawled through a crawl space and are running from gators in the water. Um, there's actually, there's this fight between a couple of the prisoners and one of the uh, guards that we tried to do with as little coverage as possible. And you watch it, it's really just a wide shot looking down a hallway of them going back and forth and it's sort of inspired by Old Boy or Daredevil. Um, and it's really not a long fight, but it feels like there's suspense in it because these guys are these guys are tired, you know, and they've gone through hell and they're not just gonna, you know, get up and fight for 20 minutes unless they're John Wick being pushed down the stairs. Um, but they're not, but thank you for bringing that up. Oh, I enjoyed uh, Nikki Whalen's fight with the the oldest guy. That was that was a, a little bit hilarious to me. Yeah, uh, Nikki can actually throw down. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, I'll leave that for the viewer to look up. But but she she's a bit of a badass. Cool. So, is there any place online on social media where people can uh, follow you and maybe keep track of that announcement that you can't make yet? Yes. Um, but hurry up because it could be any time. Um, yeah, just my name, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-S-L-A-G-L-E at all the regular sites. I even opened a TikTok, even though I don't understand it. So I can just <laughs> like look at scenes. Um, but yeah, Instagram is probably your best bet to, to hear things. I try to stay away from Twitter and everything. Twitter especially is scary these days. Um, but yeah, that's where you can get had did uh, on the Instagram, did you post any like behind the scenes photos that uh, people might uh, enjoy? Um, very vague ones because these with some of these movies, they actually make you sign sort of a gag order where you can't post certain things if it has to do with the plot or whatnot. But coming up into the release, um, some things could pop up. Cool. Well, we'll send people over there to uh, check out any any cool information coming up. Brandon, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. The movie is The Flood from Sabin Films, available on demand on digital July 14th. And we'll see you there watching out for more alligators. But we'll be back with more Slices Sci-Fi right after this. Pseudopod, the free horror fiction podcast brought to you by Escape Artists. It makes my bones chatter against each other and you sit up in bed. 
I scream as I remain a statue, and then the fury in me becomes a raging, hot thing in my chest. Each week, one story told well. There, writhing in lurid agony upon the floor, was a short creature, perhaps two feet tall. It was covered with red, wire-like hair on every inch of its exposed flesh. From the most chilling and unsettling storytellers of the genre. The wind's up now, and the sackcloth is blowing in black tatters round it, making it writhe like the worms. Only, that ain't all sackcloth. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on the web at pseudopod.org, and on Patreon under EA Podcasts. This is Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks, and you have bitten off a nice big chunk of slice of sci-fi. Once again, that is The Flood. Saban Films will be releasing The Flood in theaters on demand and digital on July 14th, which technically was yesterday. So you should be able to check it out. It's campy and gruesome, which is something that a lot of creature features should aspire to. I kind of wanted, I don't know, more ruthlessness (laughs) from the alligators. I don't know, can I say that? Anyway, I am looking forward to a couple more monster movies this year. There's some new Godzilla stuff pending. And I'm hoping to find out some more details about that because Godzilla is the king of the monsters for a reason. Just saying. How about you? What do you look for in your creature features? Are you looking for mythical monsters, uh, maniacal sharks, uh, angry sharks in tornadoes? (laughs) Let me know. Call in. Leave a voicemail. The number is 602-635-6976 or shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Slice of Sci-Fi or come on by the website, leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode, SliceofSciFi.com. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or Podchaser, consider leaving us a review, letting folks know that you're enjoying the show and maybe they should check it out for themselves. Word of mouth helps greatly. Uh, For those of you who are listening through Stitcher, you have until the end of August to uh, switch to another platform to continue listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. Just thought I'd throw that public service announcement out there. Podcast service announcement. Either way, Stitcher won't be doing podcasts after August. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently listening to Slice of Sci-Fi and supporting Slice of Sci-Fi. 
your pledges through Patreon, your donations through PayPal really do help keep things online around here. So uh, my gratitude, my thanks goes out to you. I am working on getting more science fiction and fantasy to balance out the horror. Um, we're still catching up. Production of certain films has not caught up yet from the pandemic and horror movies are cheaper to make. So there's a lot more horror out there than there is compelling sci-fi. But I will continue to seek it out for your sake and mine. <laughs> but if you want to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier, and you will be eligible for perks. I get a lot of review materials around here, books, DVDs, uh, Blu-rays, 4Ks, and I don't have the space to keep all of it, so the patrons and other supporters get first dibs at some, some pretty cool items, and uh, that's, that's one way of me showing my thanks to you for your support. Uh, if you want to use PayPal, instead of committing to a monthly pledge through Patreon, the link to use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. You can also support the efforts at Slice of Sci-Fi, Babylon Podcast, and Writers After Dark, and a few other projects through purchasing items through sliceofsci-fi.net. That is our affiliate shop where you can find curated books, DVDs, movies, television shows, etc. Most of the books are linked through Bookshop. The movies, the disc media is through Amazon. And if you buy through those affiliate links, we get a few pennies kicked back, all of which helps to keep uh, this, this digital machine <laughs> online. And that will do it for this episode. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next time. Take care. Mm -hmm.